Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, we're here. Keeping it 94, the debut episode, Spencer Davies along with Brian Fritz. How is everybody doing? Hope you're doing well. We've got the NBA season coming at you real, real fast. Starting on Tuesday, December 22nd. I am so excited. I don't know about you, Brian, but man, it feels like everything just came so quickly. Preseason's over. That wrapped up Saturday night. We had some breaking news this morning that I'm sure we're going to get into. But the debut episode of Keeping It 94, if you've heard our teaser, the most corny thing you probably hear in your life, but still good nonetheless. Brian, what's up, my man? Just to show the age difference between the two of us, and while we've known each other for years and we're good friends, just to show the age difference, I threw in that corny line about how the NBA is fantastic, and you didn't realize that was part of an ad campaign that the NBA had in the 80s. I was born in 1992, Brian. (laughs) I was born in 1973. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, man, I'm I'm telling you, I'm excited to to kick this off with you just for a little bit of background information on me and Brian's relationship. We've worked together in the past, uh, not only on basketball things, but uh, we actually had stuff in the world of wrestling. We were doing wrestling podcasts together. So we're taking it from the squared circle to in between the four lines, keeping it 94, that basketball court. Everything that we're going to talk about, NBA, uh, maybe some college prospects down the line, uh, you know, everything basketball. That's what we like to do here for basketballnews.com on their podcast network because we are a part of the family now. And I believe we're going to be the eighth podcast on this place. So uh, we're really excited to join the family. Uh, You know, we're doing some great work over basketballnews.com, by the way. Make sure you go check it out because we've got amazing features. We have columns. We have all sorts of analysis. Nikias Duncan does some amazing, amazing film breakdowns. We have a star-studded roster of players and former players that are a part of our staff. So make sure you check those pieces of work out because I'm telling you, it's bar none. It's, it's amazing quality work. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure that Brian can attest to that. But let's, let's stop with the, uh, the introduction and stuff now. Uh, and let's get into the nitty-gritty. So uh, I mentioned that breaking piece of news that happened this morning. Rudy Gobert signs a five-year, $205 million extension with the Utah Jazz. I believe it made him the, the, the richest big man paid in, in all of uh, NBA and the third highest contract in the league. I'm glad that the NBA and the Utah Jazz decided to wait until uh, Sunday morning to give us some breaking news to talk about here. 
in our first podcast. But yeah, I mean, five years, $205 million. It's less than the Supermax, but obviously it's a big number. I wasn't sure if it was going to be that big. I know some people are wondering like if the deal was going to get done with Gobert. I thought it would. I think um, the new ownership there was anxious to get him locked up. And the way this deal is done too is Donovan Mitchell gets the Supermax. Uh, Rudy Gobert gets huge money, but between the two of them, I believe uh, they will still be under the uh, salary tax. So well, that's that's pretty good. So that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I, I had wondered what kind of money Gobert was going to get. I wasn't sure if it was going to be this much because, um, I mean, this, that's a healthy number. I mean, it's an average of $40 million a year. Um, and by the way, the fifth year is a player option. But um, I wasn't sure if he was going to get that much, but um, good for Gobert. And, uh, you know, I think ownership there really likes that combination. People were wondering about if that combination was going to be able to get along after uh, what happened um, at the end or just before the bubble or when the, the season before it went on pause last year due to the coronavirus. But um, I think that those two guys at least get along well on the court good enough to where they can make it work. And it's just, seeing if they can grow that relationship and if they can put enough uh, parts around them to uh, contend in the West. I want to know where you stand on this because I've seen it all over Twitter already. And uh, by the way, credit to Grant Ethseth. Uh, he reported this on Saturday night and he's not getting uh, any of the credit. So uh, make sure to, to, to go follow him because he's the one that broke the story yesterday. And, you know, as, as somebody who's also on the rise in this field, uh, I know what it's like when you don't get the credit that you're due. Uh, so make sure to go follow uh, Grain F because he's the one who actually reported that Gobert was going to sign. He actually reported it last night, uh, which was Saturday. We're recording on a Sunday morning. But uh, I want to know where you stand on this. Uh, a lot of people are in that camp where, okay, loyalty is a good thing, but is he going to get you to that next level? Are him and Donovan Mitchell going to be a championship duo that's going to make paying them that much money worth it? Is that somewhere that you can rationalize this amount of money going to someone who, again, I mean, this is a tired conversation in the league, but it's worth one that the center position is, is dying, uh, especially for somebody who can't stretch the floor, create their own shot. Uh, obviously his defensive impact, if you take him off that team, it's completely different for the jazz. So uh, from that perspective, it's like, okay, yeah, you have to have them. But offensively, by the way, he's improving offensively, uh, not to mention that, by the way, he, it, you know, just in the paint uh, as, as a rim runner and as we all know how good of a, a screener he is. But that's the argument that people are having. Is this a championship type of move? Even though you want to stay loyal to your guy, is it worth paying him $40 million a year, especially now that Gobert, you know, towards the middle slash end of this contract is going to be in his 30s? He's 28 years old right now. So when this contract is up, obviously he'll be 33. I think while the trend is not to give big money to big guys anymore, but there's still a handful that you will do it for. And Gobert is one of them just because he is such a difference maker, uh, especially on defense. 40 million, I thought was going to be, I, I didn't think the number was going to get that big. I thought it was going to be somewhere between like 30 and 35. I understand why they did it because they feel like the relationship between him and Mitchell is good enough on the court to where they could do that. Plus nothing against Utah, which is a lovely market and they have great fans, but they're not exactly known for being able to attract free agents. 
So I think that that has to play in the market there. And, and like I said before, I think that new ownership, I mean, he is a Utah jazz fan, Ryan Smith. He, he loves the jazz. He lives in Utah. Uh, this is like a dream thing for him to, uh, to own this team. And I just think when you add that all up, that he looks at it as let's get these two guys locked up when it comes to Gobert and Mitchell. And now we have two, you know, cornerstones that we can build around this team. I don't know where else they were going to spend that money. Is it a, an overpay for Gobert? Maybe a little bit, but I don't think it's that ridiculous of an, of an overpay for him. By the way, Ryan Smith, uh, Qualtrics, he just bought the team uh, in case you guys don't understand what Brian's saying. Uh, literally just bought the, the, the team from the Miller family, got approved by the Board of Governors this weekend. So yes, new under ownership for the Jazz and boom right away, uh, locking up Gobert. Uh, about a month after Donovan Mitchell got his max rookie contract extension. But you're right in the sense of where else are they going to spend that damn money? <laughs> like, you know, uh, you think they're going to attract someone that that's an all-star center, uh, another, a different all-star center, I should say, because Rudy is an all-star caliber center uh, to come there. And, and, and this is the thing that also kind of, you know, uh, revs me up a little about, the, the perspective of NBA teams and, and you can see it firsthand when you go into these locker rooms. It, chemistry is something that matters. Um, it, it's something that, yeah, this, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't want to pay too much with the almighty dollar. Tobias Harris, uh, as great of a person as he is, as, as, as good of a player as he is, we all know uh, that contract is, is uh, you know, definitely a, a dud uh, for that team in, in Philadelphia. But for just the the outlook on keeping a team together and keep keeping a culture together, and I know people hate the word culture. It's become a buzzword by now, but it's real. When I think of the Utah Jazz, I think of Rudy Gobert, and I think of Donovan Mitchell. And, and I'll say Joe Ingles as well. How about that? But I, I feel like it's necessary if these are the guys you were, you're going to build around in the first place, and you've continued to build around. I think they've assembled a, a hell of a roster over the last couple of years. And I mean, last year you add uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. He misses the entire bubble because of an injury. I think they could have been, you know, past the, the Nuggets in that first round had that not happened. But I'm telling you, it's important to have that that tightness and that uh, I, I want to say camaraderie and even that on court uh, knowledge of your teammates to keep something together and, and push through adversity and all that jazz. No pun intended. I realized I just said that, but I, I, I just feel like people don't understand the value of keeping a core together and making sure they can, they can grow with each other. They can go through the ups and downs. Like it just reminds me of the nuggets, honestly, because the Nuggets could have mailed it in a couple of years ago, three years ago, but they kept the, the core together and they, by God, almost got to the NBA finals. So. I mean, we're going to talk about both those teams a little bit more coming up here. But when you look at the Jazz, I mean, they are a Mike Connolly open three for making it to the second round of the playoffs last season. And that was without Bogdanovich. So they've got some other parts. I think it's just. They're at a point now, though, where they really have to deliver on the court from a standpoint of this whole we've grown together, we've got some chemistry kind of a thing. This is where that, that part's supposed to pay off. 
Okay. This, this is where it, it's win now mode. It can't be, we're trying to grow something here for, you know, three or four seasons down the line. It is now is the time we have to win. We've locked up our two biggest stars and now we've got to win. Um, but I mean, it's still a really, really good team. And, you know, like I said before, I don't know where else they were going to spend that money. And if, if you're not going to spend that money on Gobert, okay, that means you're probably going to have to trade him. So what are you going to get for him in the open market? I, I, I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure they would get something for him. They'd get something valuable, but I don't know if it's going to be a massive package like we've seen for uh, some other players. I mean, you're not going to get the Anthony Davis package. Maybe you get the Drew Holiday package, but some people even think that that was an overpay for what the Bucks did, and that's because of the situation that they're in. So, uh, you know, I, I think it was a spot where they just said we feel comfortable with him and we want to continue to grow this team. We like where we're at, and, you know, we're going to splurge to, to keep Rudy Gobert here. And I'm probably in the, you know, in the minority here, but, you know, when I see the championship or bust stuff, I, I'm just not in that camp. I think you can have a successful season when you're constantly in the playoffs. I'm not talking like, you know, being a Cincinnati Bengals the whole time. You know, you have to make steps. You have to get better. But I feel like if you take those steps, you know, each year, like this is going to be what the fourth year that, that Mitchell and Gobert are going to be together. Donovan Mitchell entering his fourth, fourth year already somehow. <laughs> um, I, I feel like, now that those guys have that, that chemistry together and know how to play off of one another, that it's going to pay off. Like I, I go, I, I'll go ahead and, and go through my timeline and see, Oh, have fun, you know, being the four seed the rest of your, your, your time. Like, and I'm like, yeah, no, I would take that. If I was the jazz next year, <laughs> would you I'm rather like, be the Orlando magic? Would you rather be the Sacramento Kings? That's what I'm saying. Like, and you never know when you get hot, you could get hot in the playoffs. You could find the right matchup. It, 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 it's just a, I, I hate that attitude. Like you don't go from, from ground zero to, to the very top in an instant, unless you're, you know, I mean, sh- shoot, even the Lakers didn't do it. The Lakers had a, you know, a down year in between before they got, before they got AD. So I, I just don't, I just don't like that attitude of, of have fun being the four seed. I'm like, yeah, I will. <laughs> That's what I, would I mean. Say. Everybody wants to win a championship. Only one yes, team, but, but only one team does. Right. And you want to give yourself, you want to make sure that your team is in a position at least to where they're competing for the, you know, that you know that your team's going to be in the playoffs and has an opportunity to hopefully go far in the playoffs. You want that. And then hopefully things break your way. Your team plays well enough. You've got the parts. There's different things that you can compete for a championship, you know, but you at least want to get yourself in the mix, not to where. Every year we're sneaking into the playoffs. The Jazz are not in that spot. The Jazz are going to be top six, top four team in the West. Again, yeah. Again. Pretty much perennially. Right. Like, and, and that's, the th- that's the thing that, that also you know, irks me is just I, I don't get that mindset of, of why, why it's such a bad thing to be like a top four in the West. It's just a weird mindset to me. And I, I had something at the top of my head, but it just it, it got away from me. But yeah, that. That's just I'm I'm not a fan of that mindset. And you can make noise. It doesn't matter what seed you are. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. and I think this brings us to like, you know, the other big, you know, name that's out there that we're wondering is is going to get traded, and that's James Harden with the suspense going into the season of, of where Harden is at right now. Oh boy. Because 
<laughs> you know, just a couple of days ago, there was talk that, you know, oh, Ben Simmons is on the table. And then Daryl Morley, Daryl Morey, the, uh, the Sixers GM, obviously said, no, 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 no. You know, we're, we're, we're not talking about trading Ben, which I, I don't it, know if I want to believe that or not. History repletes itself, man. He did yeah. that with Chris Paul as well. <laughs> right. And then, like, you know, the, the Nets talk has been out there. Then there's been uh, more talk now that, like, oh, we've expanded the list of teams that Harden might be traded to and accept the trade to whatever. So, you know, look at the Rockets and where they were at before Harden and where and would they been with since they've had James Harden for all the ups and downs. And there's plenty of negative things that you could say about James Harden. And trust me, I would be leery if I'm some of these other teams around the league, if I'm, if I'd really want James Harden, but you can say this about Harden ever since the Rockets have had him, they've made the playoffs every year. Oh yeah. And they should have won a championship the year him and Chris Paul were together. But I'll tell you that, that, you know, Chris Paul gets, gets hurt and they lose to golden state. They miss like 30 something threes in a game. It was ridiculous. Um, they're a hamstring but, away from a championship as people like to say man. a hamstring. Seriously. Um, but James, I, this, I don't know which way this is going to go actually. And that kind of, you know, it, it frustrates me because I want to know. Um, well, let's I play enjoy- the game here. Let's play the game then. Okay. 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 So the season starts obviously on Tuesday night. We're taping this on Sunday morning. Like you said, when the season starts on Tuesday night, will James Harden be a member of the Rockets? Mm. Mm. Yes. I will say yes. Yes. When the trade deadline comes in March, will James Harden, before the trade deadline comes, will James Harden be a member of the Rockets? No. I will say no. I think that he will probably get moved in January. Watch, he's gonna get he's gonna get dealt while we're recording. Well, that's why we had the prefaces of when we're taping because <laughs> things are fluid in the NBA. You never know when something's gonna happen. It actually, it would be awesome if he got dealt now because then we would be able to live react to it. Yeah, would people great, would know because there's gonna be this little window of us recording and when the podcast comes out on Monday. Um, <laughs> so I think we're both in agreement there that he's gonna get traded. It's just the timing of it. Yeah. Okay. Rank. Rank your top three destinations and where you think he is most likely to be traded. I love the fit in Philly, and Philly definitely has the best package to go back for him. I mean, Ben Simmons coming back. I mean, yeah, think about the 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 ransom that the Rockets are asking for. Rightfully so, by the way. I hate people that go on the trade machine and go ahead and put like three role players in there and uh, call it quits on these deals. Like, it's just not realistic. And I know you can have some fun, but but come on. Um, but but in this type of situation, I don't have the trade machine in front of me. I don't know how to put together a package, but I know it would surround, uh, you know, Ben Simmons and, and draft picks and, you know, anyone that you need to make the dollars work because obviously Ben Simmons um, isn't going to match up to Harden's, you know, gigantic deal. But I think that that would be the best package and the best destination for James. James and Joel Embiid would make one hell of a duo. Granted, Joel Embiid stays healthy, but and you got to think about the Sixers acquiring all those shooters they just got. Steph Curry being one of them. Can you imagine 
James Harden going driving kicking to Seth Curry in the corner. Can you imagine, you know, lobs up to Embiid for some dunks? Embiid, even in pick and roll situations where Harden is, you know, cutting off the ball. And I know that doesn't sound like something that would happen often, but Embiid's got good ball handling skills and I think he can play make. That's probably the best fit for Harden if he's not on the Rockets. Yeah, I bet you, I bet you that it would be something like Simmons and Tobias, like, you know, because Tobias would help with that money situation. Now that well, I, I mean, I don't, I cannot see the Rockets taking back Tobias in the deal. <laughs> I, the I, only I, way to make I, the money work. <laughs> uh, not the money will work without that, but I mean, I, okay. I think the deal is going to be something closer if, if that's where they go. And I think that, that makes the most sense. I think it's going, it's not going to be that big of a package. I think it's going to be like closer to Ben Simmons, maybe somebody to, for salary purposes. And I don't think you're going to get the King's ransom of picks. I, I, I could see a pick, but I can't see three picks. I, okay. I just think, I think it's too much. I mean, because when you look at, we've got to get James off this team, but how many teams are going to be interested in him? I think you have to look at the market because, okay, if you trade for James Harden, whether you know if he's going to resign or not, you are getting James Harden to win within the next couple of seasons. Okay, so I mean, he's got he's got three years left on his deal. The final year is a player option, but um, and who knows if he's going to exercise that or not? I would think he is because there's a lot of question marks around the league of as good as James Harden is right now. What's he going to be like in? three, four, five years because of the way that he plays, because he does take so much punishment on the court. Sooner or later, that, that could catch up with him. Plus, he lives a pretty hard lifestyle off the court, which just a little bit. We, we got to know a little bit more about again uh, just recently. He was so, just training, man. Personal trainers. Just training. That's all I was you know, in Atlanta and Vegas for, man. I got my trainers. So, I mean, I, I think... I think it makes it harder for a team that is still building and a few years away to say, I'm going to give up all these assets for James Harden because I don't know what kind of player he's going to be and is he going to resign. So it, it's got to be somebody probably that wants to contend now. So, I mean, the Sixers make sense. I think the Nets make sense. Um, I'm not sure what other team out there makes a lot of sense because like the Mavericks aren't going to do it. I don't think the Clippers are going to do it. Um, maybe the Nuggets do. But I think the Nuggets would have to give up, you know, Michael Porter Jr., which is something that they've been very hesitant to do so far. Maybe, maybe that would have to be like a three-way trade. So, I mean, the Sixers and the Nets make the most sense, but it's trying to figure out what the package is going to be that the Rockets would be happy because if you've got, you know, a talent like a James Harden, you have to get something back in big in return. And Ben Simmons would be something big. I think with the Nets, it would have to be more about picks um, along with the players. And I don't, I don't know how anxious they're going to be about, you know, giving up a lot of picks. So that's where we're at right now. And then on top of that, I mean, when you get James Harden, you are getting James Harden ball. And is he going to change his style of play to work towards that team and that effort and that championship? Or is it going to be the James Harden that we've gotten with the Rockets? Because he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that wants to change what his game is. He is very, 
very particular about how he plays. But I, I, I do think that the, you know, the quote unquote narrative that, that he's selfish is, isn't, isn't correct at all. I think that he's actually a, one hell of a playmaker. Uh, his style actually, to me, is very Luca-ish. Like, uh, the, the way that he is able to, to penetrate, pocket pass, um, the driving kicks, the, the lobs when he used to have Capella. God, I loved watching him play. Um, let, let's, let's ask you this real quick. And I don't want this to be a, like a Q and a type of thing, but I'm genuinely curious. Um, what about the mystery box team that everyone's talking about? The Miami heat. I don't, I don't see that just for what they're building right now in Miami. I, they would have to give up hero. They probably have to give up Duncan Robinson. I don't think they want to The report is that that's the snag. Is uh is Duncan. Duncan Robinson? Five Reasons Sports reported that uh, this past weekend that Duncan Robinson's a snag in uh, what Miami wants to give up for Harden if they were to get into the sweepstakes. I mean, how much better do you feel about a team that doesn't have those two guys but does have the stud that James Harden is to go around Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo? I think I would love it just because. Jimmy would get James Harden's ass into shape and he would get him into shape quick. And the heat do not mess around when it comes to training. Those guys will run your ass into the ground. It'll wake him. It was actually funny because I was talking to a buddy the other day and I was like, you know, Jimmy, you know, wakes up at 3 a.m. James will still be up at that point. So James won't have an issue working at 3 a.m. with Jimmy Butler in the gym. He'll just come straight from wherever he's gone, wherever he is. Right. I mean, but that's the thing, though. If you go to Miami, you have to buy into that mentality. And I'm not saying that Harden wouldn't, but I mean, it feels like a tough pill to swallow because, I mean, you started off talking about like how big chemistry, how important chemistry is. And people don't talk so much about chemistry. Look at the chemistry and look at what they're building in Miami. I mean, it's it's one thing to add to that if it's through free agency. It's another when you have to add to that via trade and you have to give up some of the biggest parts and multiple parts of what you're building right now. So I think that's what they have to contend with there. And like, is that enough? Like they don't have that many picks. I mean, they, there's a couple of things that they could do when it comes to getting some other picks, even picks that they've moved already. But I mean, um, I mean, it, would the Rockets be interested in a package that centers around Tyler Hero? Duncan Robinson and picks or even take out Duncan Robinson, even Tyler hero in picks. I mean, because that is obviously a trade for the future at that point. That's what you would be calling selling high <laughs> because Tyler had one hell of a rookie season and that playoff run was really fun to watch, but uh, are we really going to be sold on them from that small stretch? You know, like, and, I, and I'm not questioning Tyler hero's talent because I'm telling you, he, he really went out and balled. He balled out, man. But that would but have to I'm be a three-way that, deal, wouldn't it? What? It'd have to be a three-way deal, though, wouldn't it? I mean, there would have to be another team that's involved. Mm. Yeah, probably. Because they wouldn't have the money, right? Well, and plus, you need... I think you need more talent going back to Houston. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Can I just say I love that fit, though, the most, actually? Now that I think Do you really? It. Yeah. Because we, we saw what happened when uh, Dragic went down, right? Mm-hmm. They, they were lacking a, an, an, another creator. Like I said, James is 
an amazing playmaker. I think that he'd be able to develop chemistry with Bam right off the bat. I think him and Jimmy would play off of each other so well because we know Jimmy doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective. Yeah, I like that fit. I like that fit. And I like Philly too. I'll tell you, the fit I hate the most is the Nets. I think that that would be an utter disaster. I do too. Personally, I think that would be an utter disaster. I love the ball that Kevin Durant plays. He's he's one of the most unselfish players the, the, the league's ever seen. He can do it. Uh, he can shoot the lights out of the ball. He can drive. He can cut. He can do all of that. Kyrie is very particular. Kyrie is, an, uh, is a solid, solid playmaker that can, can really pass. But there are plenty of those possessions where he dribbles the ball into the ground. That is very similar to what James Harden does. Like, I don't know if either of those guys would be able to play off of the ball together. Now, I know I said that James would be able to play off the ball a little bit um, in Philly and, and maybe even in Miami, but I just feel like that combo of Kyrie and, and Harden, stylistically, not really my jam. It reminds me a little too much of what, what Russ was in, in Houston. You know, Russ and, and Harden clearly didn't really work out together as a, as a pairing probably because both of them needed the ball. I think that that would be the same thing in Brooklyn. Now the flip side, if Brooklyn were to say, Oh, well, and send Kyrie back to Houston. Now that would be weird by the way, because they already have John wall, but that would be the move. That would be the one that would make sense. I mean, I know, but that's what I'm saying. I can't see that happening though. Oh, I would feel so bad for Kyrie. <laughs> I don't think KD would allow that to happen. Because I don't think they so haven't either. Even played a game yet. I mean, I'm with you there. There's there's too many alpha dogs that want the ball and need the ball. If you have you anyone know. can play with Kevin Durant. That's that, that right. no problem. No problem. But I'm just saying Kyrie and and James just doesn't feel like a good fit to me. Talent wise, you look at it on paper, you're like, God damn. But the opposite. Yeah. Jimmy I mean, Butler doesn't need the ball in his hands. James can facilitate. And uh, I think that those two would, would make one hell of a pairing. Why That's did Durant end up leaving Golden State? Because as good of a fit as it was, he realized he was never going to get the credit and never was going to be labeled as this is Kevin Durant's team. It's always going to be Steph Curry's team. No matter what, it's going to be Steph Curry's team. I mean, the fans out there love him. He's the guy that is the homegrown guy. So it's going to be his team. So Durant just couldn't get past that. He felt like he didn't get enough credit for some things and said, I'm going to go. I want my own team. Now, he's got another top-notch player alongside him in Kyrie Irving. But then if you put Harden there as well, okay, then the question is, whose team is this? Is this Kevin Durant's team? Is this James Harden's team? How do they all work together on the court? I agree. I mean. At that point, I think you're assembling an all-star team and maybe not a championship team. And how much do you have to gut that team to even make that happen? Yeah. Too much. It'd, yeah. it'd be a weird fit. I mean, people would be talking about it and they'd, be, they'd definitely go into the x-ray machine, <laughs> to say the least, if that happened. But I, I just I think that is the worst fit when it comes to possible trade partners to get James Harden. Yeah. No, I, I think I would have to agree with that. Um, okay, 
So let's move on. How much preseason did you watch, Brian? I watched a decent amount. I was probably checking in on a couple of games per night. I wasn't watching full games, but I was checking in on games, especially like I try to check in like in the first half because we know that there's a lot of guys that are going to play in the first half and they're not going to play in the second half. Okay. All right. Uh, Let's let's ask you for some individuals who stood out to you then. Well, I, you know, I think one of the things we talk about the jazz, I want to see if Donovan Mitchell, is he going to be the guy that we saw in the bubble or is he going to be the guy that we saw before that? He was a very good player, but he took his game to another level, you know, in the bubble. So he's a guy that kind of intrigues me. I want to see where he is going to be at. Um, I think John Morant in going into his third year, he looks like he is taking another step. So I'm going to be very curious to see where he ends up um, with that very young Grizzlies team. So he impressed me a lot. I think we're already starting to see some chemistry with Chris Paul and uh, Devin Booker with the Suns. And I think that's only going to continue to grow. And um, I know I'm sticking with kind of some big names here, but Zion Williamson, once again, is showing why there's been so much hype around him. And I mean, you talk to some people and how out of shape he was when it came to the bubble last year. I mean, there's, there's talk now that maybe he was 20, 25 pounds overweight, you know, and now you can see that he's slimmed down. He looks like he's healthier. He's got the explosion and going into his second year. Uh, I mean, he is just so intriguing. So, so tasty right now to kind of to look at, you know, Zion Williamson and what he can do for that Pelicans team. And I'll tell you what, with Zion, a lot of people complain that he got, uh, you know, restricted in the bubble. You're seeing why. You're seeing why now, because he looks fresh, man. I'll tell you. Um, just, uh, you know, some things that I, that I noticed. Uh, I thought that John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins looked great. They look fresh. They look healthy. Yeah. And uh, that, that really excites me. The one game that Christian Wood play looked excellent too, by the way. So I was watching a lot of Rockets preseason, not only just because of the James Harden situation, but they have like a brand new team. So I wanted to see how they're playing. Um, Russell Westbrook made his preseason debut uh, Saturday night along with Davis Vertans. Um, and, and he looked like he was developing a chemistry right away um, with uh, Thomas Bryant. I know obviously him and uh, Bradley Beal are going to have to to figure out how to play with one another, but I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, did you see some of the highlights that LaMelo Ball has put together, though, in the in the uh, in the preseason? Because, you know, he's looking he's looking really smooth. I think that's a good adjective for him. Smooth. Um, and uh, the, the, the fit just looks it looks right for for him. Now, I know a lot of people have their concerns on the defensive end, and that's fair because he didn't do anything in, in Australia to make us think otherwise. But. Uh, offensively, it looks like this kid is gifted. Well, I think what we're going to get is a lot more of what we've already seen from him. And that there's going to be some nights where he's going to be good on offense. And there's going to be other nights where he puts up an offer. Uh, but the one thing I think we'll get from him on a night to night basis is that guy can pass. He is a <laughs> gifted, gifted passer. And that's where the fun is going to be. It's just this first year, probably two years is him trying to get down a shot and learning how to fit in on offense that i mean that's that's obviously his weakness between that and defense but i mean the guy can handle the rock and he is a gifted passer and our only time thomas he went a little too far overboard for me 
But after looking at some of those highlights, he tweeted, he said, I don't want to do this, but I think that LaMelo can be a Magic Johnson, Jason mm. Kidd level password passer. See, so I'm like, it's a little early, but all right. All right. He set up for passer. He didn't say like he's going to be that good of a player, but he's going to be that level of a passer there. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's a little early for that, but, but uh, I don't know if you saw the one in transition, but that was like a magical one. Uh, he just spun it. I, I forget who caught it and dunked it, but uh, he just spun it while on, in transition. And it was just a thing of beauty. So I, I, I got to give it to him. Um, another guy who stood out to me and who's, stood out when healthy is uh, Steph Curry. And uh, that dude went nuclear uh, this past week. I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday where he played against the Kings. And I think he had 29 points in three quarters. Mm -hmm. Oh my good God, Steph. Steph is going to be out for blood this year. And uh, that guy can still shoot. Yeah. He could still make some amazing passes and he can still, get into the paint and do that little float shot. So uh, yeah, look out for Steph Curry and the Warriors. I know Clay Thompson was a huge, huge loss, but they've got some promising talent there. I'll tell you, I really love the pickup of Kelly Oubre. I'm, I'm so, so looking forward to seeing what James Wiseman can do with that team uh, as he develops over the year and, and the coming years of, uh, especially, but I, I like that golden state team. I know a lot of people, you know, we're tired about hearing of the Warriors, but, after a year of uh, you know the Lakers being in the spotlight and the Clippers, I think people are actually going to you know get right back onto the saddle with uh, watching Golden State and the Dubs. Just make sure it's not James Wiseman; it's James Weissman. 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 Interesting. I know I can't pronounce the European names, but I just remember that Wiseman, and I just botched his name. It's Weissman. Uh, went out of his way. He's, your, he's not European. No, but I'm saying I have trouble with some of the European names. But yeah. when it comes to like somebody like James Wiseman, you would think he could do it, but it's actually James Weissman. I guess he came out the other day and said that like I'm I'm Weissman, not Wiseman. Interesting. See, I, <laughs> look, I, I'm usually really, really on point with that stuff too. I did not know that it wasn't Wiseman. Well, if we're in the ballpark, I think we all know who we're talking about. So yeah, just a little bit. Just like don't bit. don't don't give me to say Giannis's last name. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not even going to try. <laughs> It's not going to happen. Speaking of which, that guy signed his Supermax this week, and uh, a lot of people were blindsided by it. Uh, real quick thoughts on that before we get into our uh, next subject. I expected him to do it. It's great I'm for so the happy. league. I, it's yeah. great for the league. It's great for small markets. It's the biggest news that the Bucks have had probably in the last, what, 30 years. So um, good for him to make that commitment. Or at least, I mean, worst case scenario is, he signs that Supermax. He'll be there for a few years. And if things aren't going right, he'll talk to management and get a trade. Um, Giannis has always kind of made the point to other people, like, I, I want to grow a championship team. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that wants to easily jump to another team just to, like, make a super team. I'm not saying he won't do it, but I think he's still at that phase in his career where it's early enough where he says, hey, I want to build something that I'm the centerpiece for. He takes a lot of responsibility for it. Um, he's somebody that doesn't even like doing uh, a lot of endorsement deals or having a, a huge spotlight on him because he has this mentality that he believes that until you win a championship, you shouldn't really do that, which is kind of this weird kind of throwback mentality, but that's who Giannis is. And, um, you know, 
we'll see if he's going to take another step forward in his development. But I mean, the guy's back-to-back MVPs. Uh, he's got to be one of the, the top picks to be MVP again. And the Bucks are one of the favorites to come out of the East. And he showed a willingness to, to tweak the roster around him. I, I think that that was a, a big thing for, for Giannis. I believe I read a report by ESPN that Giannis showed the front office the texts from people trying to recruit him to the other teams. Right. So... So John Horst got to work, got Drew Holiday for him, you know, brought tried to bring in Bogdan Bogdanovich, didn't work out, but still was able to bring in Bobby Portis, someone who looked pretty good in preseason to me, brought in DJ Augustine, Bryn Forbes, one hell of a shooter. Um, so Can I you think imagine that- sitting there talking to Giannis and he shows you his phone and he starts saying, so here's a superstar or here's the players in this market and here's some players in this market. Oh, here's the one from LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know how much pressure that has to bring on you? I'll tell you. But I, I, I think that John Horst delivered, though. And, and people are like, oh, they only have Chris Middleton. I think Chris Middleton's a good player, man. I think he's I, do. I think he's an elite player. No, but he's an all star caliber player, as we've seen. Um, I think he had a solid, solid playoffs. We saw when Giannis got hurt last year. Um, they, you know, they only have more time to grow together. I do think the pen thing was a little weird. You know, I, I, the, the running oh, joke was, was funny, weird, but, yeah. but Giannis sounded pretty annoyed with it after the, you know, fifth time they did it. Uh, but I, I do think that this Bucks team, and I know a lot of people have questions with Mike Budenholzer and his track record of not being able to win the big one. But now it's put up or shut up time, right? And, and I know it's year one with a you know somewhat of a new team, but they didn't alter the core that much. They just trimmed some things around the edges and and, and made a couple of different moves. I think Drew Holiday's one hell of a fit here. I really do, and I think he's one of the most under underappreciated players in the league. I he, totally agree. He's a great defensively is just so good, and. I think that the bench got better. I, I know George Hill's leadership is going to be missed there, but you know, DJ Augustine, he's been there, done that. We know what he brings to the table. I, I, I again, I mentioned him already, but Bobby Portis, I feel like that's another underrated signing. He was rotting away in New York last year for no reason. Um, I, I like the, the, the depth of the squad. Um, it's a little different because now behind Brooke, you're, you're not going to have, you know, the, the big men that you had with with Robin Lopez. Uh, but, you know, you can learn to play a little bit smaller uh, with those bench units. I think I, I just like I like their depth. I don't know. I like the I like the Bucks this year. I don't know. Oh. That's, that's just me. I mean, that's something we're going to get into here. But, you know, they had to make a change. They had to make some changes on that team. And they did. I mean, <laughs> and it wasn't wholesale changes. That's the thing. That's what no, they need to tweak around the edges. Yeah. Do some ridiculous things like they, they hit it out the ballpark. Three picks for, for Drew Holiday, but still hit it out the ball, ballpark for me. Well, they missed out on one big piece because of uh, somebody kind of uh, somebody snitched out a little bit too them. quick. Yeah. yeah. So, somebody snitched. And I mean, I, I, I feel a lot better about them. I think if they get, you know, Bogdanovich, but I mean, um, there's still, I mean, you still have Giannis. You you still have some other parts around him, obviously. And you still get, you know, a top contender in the Eastern Conference. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so here's the question that's probably on a lot of people's minds that you wanted to address. 
Uh, will the NBA be able to pull off this season with the coronavirus still running rampant? It's going to be a lot trickier than the bubble because obviously everybody's not in the bubble. Yeah, no you know? bubble so anymore. Everybody no is more traveling. funny stories. No, 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 no craziness. No, no people losing in playoff games and getting recorded across the uh, across the hotel and, and getting pissed at each other. None of that anymore, unfortunately. But I, I know the players are a lot happier just because they, they don't have to, you know, adhere to this. This campus that only they're in they can't you know see people and, and stuff like that like there's it's a little bit more lax even though the protocols are still strict but th- this is going to be an interesting thing to me like the the travel especially like like i was looking at the the schedule the other day and when they when they said that they were going to come up with the schedule and they were going to do you know two games in one city or whatever it was like baseball series essentially i was thinking they were going to start regional and then go you know, travel and stuff. But off the bat, those guys started with West Coast teams coming to the East. They started with, you know, East Coast teams going to the West. Like, it's not like, like, like look at this December 22nd. First game we're going to see is Brooklyn hosting the Warriors. Mm-hmm. So that's a New York team bringing in a loss, a, uh, California team and uh, that's pretty you know a little risky off the bat to me uh, just because we know the numbers in both of those states but I mean I think it's something Uh, that they almost have to do I mean they oh yeah you have to but I I just figured that this would happen later in the season and they would stay in market or in division for these first couple months you know just the structure of it Uh, by the way it's a 72 game season not an 82 is normal Um. But don't you agree that this is just going to come down on the players? I mean, the NBA can do everything they want. They can put in all the protocols. And I think the NBA has done everything that they can. Only one, te- only one test was positive last week. Right. Uh, in so, the latest round of testing. So once teams start going on the road and these games start counting, it's going to be coming down to the players. And how strict are they going to be? Are they going to be uh, going to their favorite establishment to go get some, uh, some wings? And go outside those protocols, or are they going to play by the rules? And that's what it's going to come down to. Because if you don't play by the rules, you're not only risking yourself, but your team. And it's not going to take that much if a couple guys on a team get it and say, you know, your team is down two or three players or even one star player for a week, 10 days, you know, two weeks, whatever it's going to be. I mean, that can drastically alter your season. I mean, you can literally change you know, three spots in the playoffs, or you could be a team that could make the playoffs and now maybe doesn't. So it's going to be on the players to, you know, stay within these restrictions or are they going to veer from them? I mean, even, even if they do play by the rules, I mean, if they do everything that you're supposed to do, there's still going to be the chance that something's going to happen. And that's going to be the other big question for the NBA that what happens if one team, two teams, three teams, greatly get infected to where it alters say say there's a team that gets you know six guys go on the list what do you do then you have to shut down the lead you shut down the team how do you alter the schedule i mean that's why they've only done like half of the uh, schedule so far so i mean that's what's really going to play into uh what's going to happen here with the nba i'm 
I mean, for all the leagues, I feel like they have as good of a chance of pulling it off as anybody, but there's still so many great unknowns that are out there. They're definitely the most responsible, but this is what was interesting to me is, you know, the MLB, they had issues with it early on and they legit shut down an entire team. I think they like missed 20 games or something. Maybe that's a little bit over the Marlins. Yeah, but yeah, it was the Marlins, I think. Because they played 60, it was a 60 game season. They, they missed a good chunk. Right. And the Phillies missed a good chunk. Like, I wonder if the NBA would go by a winning percentage or if they would do something similar to the NFL and just postpone games. Because that's, that's what the NFL did. They, they rescheduled them for a later time. Like, I, 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 I want to know how the NBA would handle it. Because I know they're super responsible and super, you know, cautious about things. Like, they're the most precautious league in, in sports, I think. Uh, I, I do want to know how they would handle, you know, those things. I think they would try to make up games as best as possible. And I think that's why they've only announced the first half of the schedule is because they want to be able to have that leeway to make adjustments. But, I mean, who the hell knows? <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, everybody's playing by the, these, these rules, these restrictions. That we don't know. I mean, we have to see it play out. I, I want to say I feel like there's a good chance that they can pull it off, but I mean we are now, you know, entering this horrible time here in the United States when it comes to uh, how many people are getting sick, how many people are dying from this, and the NBA is going to try to pull off beginning their season, yeah. you know, during this horrible, horrible winter. And I know we can sit here and we're not going to get political, and you know, the, these vaccines are not coming out to certain people, but the general public is not going to start getting this vaccine for a few more months, you know, unless, unless you're an essential worker, you're on the front lines or you hit a certain age group, then we're not going to get this, you know, until March, April, May, somewhere around then. So, and, and the NBA is going to be very careful about this. They don't want to jump the line when it comes to that vaccine. So in the meantime, the rest of the country, we're going through this horrible, horrible time, this horrible winter where this thing is spreading like we've never seen before, even when it first uh, hit the United States. So this is what they have to combat. So we can sit here and try to be hopeful and think that the NBA, they're going to be as responsible as, as possible, but it's still this great unknown. Yeah, no, it really is. So we'll have to keep our eyes on that because you can't have a season if there's a a virus that's affecting everybody around us uh, and especially in a locker room that it can spread rapidly. So guys have to be responsible. That's it. Plain and simple, including the the employees in the arenas and the security guard. Like it goes for everybody. They just have to be responsible. They, you know, can't break the rules uh, or else the, the season will be in jeopardy. So be responsible guys. That's uh, that's pretty much the message. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, uh, let's wrap this up real quick uh, with a who we think will make the playoffs in each conference, because this was your idea. Yes. Uh, let's go ahead and start with you. We'll give our top six that we think are definitely in, and then uh, who's going to compete for those final spots, because looks like we're keeping that play-in tournament with the seven to ten seeds. Yes, which I like. So I, I think... What do, you, do you want to start with the West or do you want to start with the East? Let's start with the West. Okay. I'll give my six that I feel really good are going to make the playoffs. 
and then you give your six, and we'll see if there's any differences, okay? All righty. Okay. So the Lakers are given. Uh, Clippers. Yep. Nuggets. Yep. Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Jazz. Trailblazers. All right. I'm glad that you picked the, the Trailblazers because every year that I pick them not to make the playoffs, they make me look like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'm going to mirror you there, essentially. Uh, Lakers, Clippers, um, going to go Jazz, going to go Nuggets, Mavs, and uh, yeah, Blazers. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I think those are shooting, dude. It's such a such a crowded, crowded conference, man. Oh my god! I'm so like looking at it now, let's make it more difficult, then. Okay. So you're Tell looking me. for for seven and eight? No, 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 no. We'll do that in a minute. Who do you think are your top four in the West? Top four. All right. Uh, championship hangover says regular season doesn't go well for the Lakers for me. So they're like number. Three. Oh. Um. Top seed. Mm. That's tough. So just give me your top four. You don't even have to give me the order. Okay. Who's gonna have home court in the first round? Oh, all right. Um. Well, I mean, the Lakers are still on the list. Yeah. I still think the Clippers are still on the list. I do too. Um. Jazz and Nuggets. Jazz and Nuggets for you. Yeah. I'm going to say Nuggets, Mavericks. I thought you were going to pick the Mavs. (laughs) There's a, I mean, you could sit there and look at those rosters and compare them when it comes to the Mavericks and the Jazz. And I think they're going to be very close. But I think Luca is going to make a huge jump in just the way that he controls that team that I think. I think they're going to be a top four team. It's going to be close. Does but KP think, stay healthy? That's going to be the other big question because, I mean, KP is not going to come back until he's, he's scheduled to come back in February. He's now kind of saying he could come back like in mid-January. So we'll have to see about that. Um, but I, I think the Mavericks are going to be a top four team, and I think they could go deep into the playoffs. I mean, I, I like the Clippers a little bit better this year. I know last year they were the favorites, but, I mean, the Lakers are far and away, I think, the favorites to win the championship. Would you agree? Yeah. No, I, I, I think uh, when we saw what we saw from LeBron and AD that you can't really predict against that. Right. <laughs> it's a little difficult. Um, I think they're going to have plenty of competition. Um, I, yeah, maybe, I mean, I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't say far and away, but I, favorites, absolutely. I think odds makers have them far and away, but I think okay. that the West is still really deep. I mean, I think I think the Clippers are still fine. Granted, they 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 clean things up behind the scenes, but um, I agree. I still think that they're right there. I think year two is going to do wonders for them. Now that you know their main players are are locked in and locked up, and and uh, you know well, I'm Kawhi a huge proponent for yeah, that's true. Um, but I'm a huge proponent for Ty Lue. Um I mean, obviously, I, I'm here in Cleveland, and I've seen what he's able to do uh, as far as is maintaining relationships and really bringing a locker room together. And I think that the Clippers still have that talent to do that. So uh, I think that those guys are going to surprise a lot of people after that first year was not as um, 
as fruitful? I still think the biggest need that that team has is they've got to shore up their point guard position. Yes. Because Pat Dev and Lou Williams is still um, lacking, shall we say. I mean, Lou Williams doesn't do it for in the playoffs. Patrick Beverly just can't get it done. He's too negative on offense, I think. So I think that's the one need. But I agree with you. I mean, having a different voice with Ty Lou, more chemistry, Montrez Harrell, the chemistry problems there didn't work. So now he's gone. They add Serge Ibaka. Um, Luke I mean, Kennard too. Yeah. You know, I mean, and when you've got Paul George and you got Kawhi Leonard on your team, I mean, those are two of the top, you know, 10 guys, 12 guys in the league. So, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't sleep on them. I think some people look at them and, you know, maybe aren't giving them as much credit as they deserve going into this season. But I, I, I think they're going to be a tighter team than they were last year. So, I mean, I think you've got to put them right up there among the top contenders in the West. It's a fair, fair piece of analysis that I think I would agree with. Um, okay. So, you know, we clearly named our, you know, uh, favorites in the, in the West here. And you already mentioned Dallas. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to go through every team here, but I do really like the Nuggets this year again, just because, you know, that core coming back. Um We've already touched upon the Jazz, so let's let's go with uh, what other teams you think can make the playoffs. Who are your favorites? That's to make- seven through ten. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that seven is going to go to Phoenix. Okay. And and a lot of people had Phoenix like in their top four. I just want to tell you to pump the brakes. As good as Phoenix just got, we got to see them in that spotlight. How they respond. I'm sorry. Got to see the first year. Uh. Chris Paul, we know what he's capable of. We saw what he did with OKC last year. Preseason last year, I had OKC at like 25 wins. I looked like an absolute dunce because CP3 took them and took uh, you know Shea Gilles-Alexander under his wing and had him almost upset the Rockets in round one last year. Okay. That said, we need to see what the Suns do at this spotlight. They are not going to be a top four team in year one. I really don't think so. And maybe I'll look like an idiot again. Maybe we'll go back to this podcast in a few months and uh, I'll, I'll be looking dumb because that, that happens a lot. You'll learn that. But I just don't think that they're going to be a top four team off the rip. That's just a little too difficult for me. Um, I think they need talent to be a top four. I mean, I, I see them being a playoff contender, but I don't see them touching top four. Yeah. Okay, uh, next team, Golden State. I think that's a given. Um, do you now? I do. I do. I don't. Interesting. I wonder about that team, as good as Steph Curry is, but obviously no Clay Thompson again this year, which really sucks. Draymond Green, year older. He's already had some physical problems. He's got one right now. He's going to miss the beginning of the season. He's got a muscle strain in his right foot. You know, they've got Wiggins. They added Kelly Oubre. They drafted Weissman. So we'll see how quickly this team can come together and how they kind of patch things up. I, I think they can make the play-in game, but I think if it was just a top eight, I don't know if they would get there. But, okay. I, I, but I think they could get to the play, play-in games. Okay. Uh, Memphis. I'm going to next one. There are another one that, that I would say is right there with the Warriors where I kind of lean. No. Okay. Um, and the, then the this West is just so deep. 
It is. It's so deep. I'm just like looking at this list right now. Well, we haven't even talked about the Rockets. And I think the big question there is whether or not James Harden's on that team. Right. I know. That's why it's hard to, de- to decide. We don't have a crystal ball, people, unfortunately. I, I think the Rockets will definitely be like in the, I wouldn't even say no, so he's six, even with Harden. But yeah, I think they would be in that, those four that would be in that play-in tournament. Even without Harden, I can see that depending on what they get back. I think, I think they'll get back enough to where they would definitely be in that mix between 7 and 10. That's fair. That's fair. All right, so we went through and uh, picked our, our, our West teams. Let's go through the East here. Uh, I'll, I'll start us off uh, with the top six here. Yeah. Okay. Going to go Miami. Yes. Going to go Toronto. Yes. Going to go Boston. Yes. Gonna go Brooklyn. Yep. I think I said Milwaukee. If I didn't say Milwaukee, my bad, because mm-hmm. they were supposed to be towards the top. <laughs> uh-huh. And then uh, number six, let's go with. There's another pretty obvious one, I think. Did I say Brooklyn already? Yeah. Okay. You haven't yeah, said Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia. That was my other one. I, I think the East is pretty easy. I mean, when it comes to the top six, I think. Those six, you have to not maybe put in pen, but I think in a uh, very dark pencil, unless there's like some major injuries or something weird happens. But that's there's just kind of this disparity in the East between those six and kind of everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, would you would you did you automatically have the Bucks in as your top seed? I wouldn't say it's automatic just because of what we saw from the Heat last year. And we saw what the Heat did to, uh, you know, against them in the playoffs. I, th- I you think, say that? you know, the Heat are, you know, bringing back everybody, just about everybody except for Jay Crowder. I, I don't <laughs> think they, enough people talk about Bradley. the Heat. I mean, I, I think pe- there's some people, I think there's a camp of, of some people that sit there and talk about the Heat and say, well, they weren't doing that in the regular season. Well, once they got in the bubble, they just reacted to the bubble better than most teams. Nah. And I, I'm not with it. I, I think the Heat are a better team than that. I mean, there's something when it comes to chemistry there, when it comes to that mentality, they've all bought in. You've got Eric Spolstra. Hill is a great coach. Adebayo is only going to continue to get better. And just got paid. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, you've got them. I mean, the Nets, let's see how that comes together. I mean, that's a very, very talented team. On pure talent, they have to be a top team in the East. Well, they do. Just off of pure talent. The the problem, though, there, even if their roster stays the same as it is right now, is they're incredibly talented on offense. Who is going to play defense on that team, though? That is Jared Allen on the bench. Exactly. Jared Allen on the bench. Like, if you look at some of the projections, okay? So, say I go to um, 538 and their projections, okay? Where do you think they have the Nets? In seeding? Yes. Let's give them number three. Try six. Wow. 40 and 32. I believe it in the regular season. Right. And if I go to uh, Kevin Pelton from ESPN, he has them at six with 39 yeah. wins. Because wow. the way they are constructed right now, there's a lot of questions about defense. Yeah. On that team. I mean, this, like, yeah, I can look at offense all you want. I mean, I think they're a little bit higher than that. I would probably put them somewhere around four. I yeah. think there's people who still have question marks about Durant, you know, when you come off a major injury like that. But, I mean, 
I he looked pretty fresh though. I just I just look at a team that has Kevin Durant. And I have a hard time not seeing them as a top four. Yeah, no, that that's exactly where I'm coming from here. And I already I already know I, that I you know quote unquote poo pooed on them earlier, but I mean just based on pure talent, if you're not in the top four there, then that's disappointing. I mean the Celtics uh, are the team that kind of befuddles me a little bit, just from the standpoint like we know what the Celtics are. And I sit there and I go, yeah, they lost Gordon Hayward. I think it's going to force some other guys to like step up in their spots. I think Tatum obviously can get better. But then when Jaylen I look at like, same thing. Yeah, but when I look at their top, their, their big four, and their big four that they had, because they didn't have Hayward for most of the playoffs last year. This is a team that went to the conference finals and can do that. But I also look at some of these other guys and I'm like, have they plateaued? Like, is that as good as they're going to get? Are we going to see them make another step? Is Brown going to take another step? Is Smart going to take another step? Um, is Kemba going to stay healthy? And what's he going to be like once the postseason comes around? Those, I mean, that's the questions I have with the Celtics. So, I mean, I think th- there's part of me that wants to say, oh, I, I think they're my favorites to come out of the East in some ways. And there's others that say, no, I think they could be like a, a, you know, a six seed in the East. Ooh, it's a little low for me. It's a little low for me. I think one of the most underrated pickups of the, the offseason was actually them bringing in Tristan Thompson. First time he's not going to play in a Cavalier uniform in nine years. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's something they've been missing, too, as a player like Tristan. Even though he's undersized, he's someone who can protect the rim and really, really set good screens. He's going to be a great partner. I, I know that he's going to you know, probably be slated to come off the bench. But the thing is, he's going to be able to create such a good partnership with Kemba in the pick and roll game. Um, I think he's going to really bestow some knowledge upon uh, Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. I think he's going to, you know, form a great on-court relationship with Tatum, especially too, because we know that Tatum can operate in the pick and roll uh, himself other than creating his own shot. Of course, I, I think that that was a really good pickup. I don't think that that's, you know, what sets them apart from, from last year as much, but I think it is a significant difference to have a player like that, especially with championship experience, I still have them as a you know top four seed. I cannot, I I can't put them below that. I, they, well, I think and, it just shows. I think about the coaching staff and the the continuity they have there now. Like it's it's good. I mean, when I when I look at the top six that are in the East, that's why one of the things is I think it's very easy to pick out who those top six should be. But I think that they're very close together as well. Okay. Because the Sixers are another team where I could see them having the best record in the regular season, or I I'm could so see them, to watch them five or six. I am too, because it feels like the Sixers, after what happened last year and those pieces didn't fit, it feels like now they've got a more balanced team. You bring in Doc Rivers, just got, they have with, shooters. They no, have they, shooters. They brought in Seth Curry. Yeah, they got shooters now, you know. So what are we going to see? You know, you got Danny Green, you got Seth Curry. Um, guys are going to be playing more traditional roles, you know, and I will take another step. Can um, uh, Corkman's, you know, can he be more consistent when it comes to him? Because he'll, he'll go for like a couple of games where he's hitting everything in sight and then he'll be uh, you know, missing in action, you know, for a week. So, you know, they bring in Dwight Howard, you know, as a backup oh center. My God, the best backup center that Joel Embiid's ever had. Right. And then, but, what a luxury for Doc Rivers to have too. And Embiid, if you want to look at keeping him healthy, if you want to play him 30 minutes a night instead of 35 minutes a night, you have someone who can come in for 20 minutes uh, if, if necessary and, and anchor that, that five position. 
But are we going to get the Dwight Howard that was on his best behavior with LeBron James and the Lakers last year? Or is he going to be a little bit of a looser Dwight Howard, especially after he goes the second year without getting paid? <laughs> now that he's a champion, that, that he's just going to... Uh, after he got upset with the Lakers because they weren't going to pay him, and then he thought he had a deal there, and they are like, wait, pump the brakes here. Maybe you don't. And he got so ticked that he went and signed a minimum deal with the Sixers. I think he'll be fine. I... I He's older now. He's and he's, I he's so. matured. I mean, I, I I don't think that he's gonna bring any issues there. Uh, I do know that he's gonna bring one hell of a rim protection uh, presence. I know that he's gonna crash the glass and he's gonna play a cleanup role for that that bench unit and and it's gonna be nice. That that's a really good good pickup for Philly, just in the sense of you know you're worried all the time when Embiid with with his injury history. And now you have a legitimate backup center that if Embiid were to unfortunately go down, uh, you know, God hope not. But if he was, then you have a perfect plug and play center that that has started NBA games that is reliable on uh, on the defensive end and can really finish still on the other. You have somebody that you can, can depend on. So who are the other teams that you think are in contention to make the playoffs? Give me your other three or four. Uh, we didn't even mention Toronto. I just wanted to show oh, my love sure. to Kyle Lowry. Talk about Toronto then. Kyle Lowry, good for Fred Van Vliet getting paid all that money. It's really, really awesome to see. Uh, you know, they they lost their big man, Serge Ibaka. That was huge, but they did bring in Aaron Baines, uh, which I think is a great fit for them, uh, especially because Baines can knock down the three. He's a burly big man. Uh, we have to see OJ, OG Adenobi step up. I really, really, really am, am looking forward to seeing Pascal Siakam come back after the bubble didn't go so well. I think Pascal's going to come out with a vengeance to start the season. Um, and we know what he's capable of. He just did not look himself in Orlando. Um, again, that that rounds out my top four, by the way. It's it's some combination of Miami, Toronto, Boston, and, uh, and Brooklyn. But... Uh, other than than Toronto, uh, let's go into the that that seven through ten again. So this is difficult. This is extremely difficult, by the way. All right, is it is it easier to say the teams that you feel do not have a chance of making the playoffs? Do not it? do not yeah. have a chance of the 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 play-in? Yeah, I Detroit. Think Detroit. Yep. Detroit is one. Um, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Uh, New York. And I have one more. Let's see if it's different from yours. That won't make it? Yeah. Mm. I feel really good will not make the playoffs or not even be in contention. Orlando. Exactly. I have Orlando. Interesting. Okay. So we're in agreement that some combination of Atlanta, Washington, Indiana, Charlotte, and Chicago. Okay. Charlotte would be the other one. I would say no. I'm in on Charlotte. So Atlanta, here's the thing about Atlanta. Atlanta could easily win, you know, playoff tournaments or whatever. I'm watching Atlanta and I'm looking at their defense and I'm like, who the hell are they going to stop? Like they brought in Chris Dunn and I love Chris Dunn. I think he's one of the most underrated defensive players in the league. But one dude's not going to change everything. DeAndre Hunter can play defense too. But again, one dude's not going to change everything. Let me ask Cam you this can do it. Hawks, okay. But who's their final five in crunch time? Gotta go Trey. Yeah. Bogdan. Okay. Ooh. Exactly. Capella. Capella. 
in Vienna. Okay. Well, you have Capella and you have Gallinari, but Gallinari kind of plays the same as, you know, mm-hmm. bogged down a little bit. Capella is a hell of a defender too, by the way. I, he I'm is realizing this stuff. But I mean, this. Talking, I mean, are you going to have Rondo in there? You going to have Dunn in there? Um, I mean, they, you going to have Reddish in there. It's a good problem to have, by the way. For where, where's Collins? I mean, that's. I think that's one of the things that they have to figure out early on in this season. It's where where am I getting steps, and who are my five guys I'm going to go to when it gets down to crunch time, and we're in a tight game. Does John Collins finish the season with the Hawks? Because his fit is a little off to me for that team, right? And and I'm a huge John Collins fan. Uh, I am, um, but the. If he's not able to stretch the floor and shoot the ball consistently, I just feel like he's not a fit for this particular team. And he um, wants to get paid. And he does. He wants to get paid. And do the Hawks feel the same way about paying him when they have to pony up for Trey Young? I think the Hawks got better. I think ownership there is desperate to make the playoffs. I think they're better. They did get desperate because they brought in all these vets. They're, they're more talented. But it's not, I mean, they're going to be fighting, I think, to get into the playoffs. I don't think they're like, oh, we're, we're definitely going to make like the seventh seed or something like that. I think they're going to be scratching and clawing to get in. I know. And a lot of people like automatically put, this is how, you know, our world works. Anytime a move happens, say, oh, they're top three. Oh, they're, you know, they're, they're in the playoffs. Like you got to wait to see it play out first, guys. Right. No, I'm not trying to be the fun police. I'm just being realistic. You got to wait to see how things play out. I mean, the and team- for this team specifically, I think they will be in the play in tournament. No doubt. No doubt in my mind, but ease the, ease the tension. Ease the, ease the brakes a little bit. Okay. And, and you got to wait to see how it all comes together. I do love the Gallo pickup. I thought that was excellent. I thought the bogey pickup was excellent. Offensively. This team is going to be amazing. The bogey amazing. pickup I thought was really good. The, the Gallo, I get, but I'm like, is he going to stay healthy? Gallo feels like he would be more valuable on a contender as like a fourth part. You know, a guy that's going to be playing crunch time minutes. He probably but wanted the last payday. He did. You know, he got paid and good for him. You know, it's his choice. He went there, you know. So it was funny because like, what were we talking about during the offseason? Like, man, Gallo's going to get like a... He's going to get top mid-level and he's going to join like one of the, you know, Clippers, Lakers, Nets, something like that. And then he got double that (laughs) to go to the Hawks, (laughs) which good for him, you know, but it's like, I I don't know where the fit is going to be on a night to night basis. We're going to find out. Um, Any other teams that you wanted to break down? Well, I mean, the team I probably feel best about when it comes to that latter half of playoffs getting in is the Wizards, which is something... Good for you, Washington fans. You might sniff the playoffs finally. Uh, you know, I mean, you've got Beal, you got Russell. Say what you will about Russ. I mean, I cannot wait to see him play this year. Dude you know why? One, one, because he plays hard, but two, he's got a better fit with with Bradley Beal next to him. And you know, it sounds like I'm saying that Bradley Beal is 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 better than James Harden. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a better fit because Bradley knows, has a better style. He doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to be effective. And he can shoot and he can, you know, he can catch shoot. He can, you know, pl- play off the dribble. Like it's, it's, it's all of these factors. And plus with Russ reuniting with Scott Brooks. Huge. Huge. So, I mean, I, I like the Wizards to get in. 
Pacers are a little bit of a crossroads right now. I think they want to build around Sabonis and Brogdon, but they have question marks when it comes to what kind of player Victor Oladipo is right now. How does he fit? Do they want to lock him up? Are they going to move him? If you move him, what do you get for him? Which is a huge question. Is TJ Warren going to be the guy that was the scoring machine in the bubble? Or is he going to be the TJ Warren we've seen for a little while? I, I think that they're going to be in the plan. Can, you, can I give you my wild card team that I think could be in playoff mix and I could be wildly off on this? <laughs> I think the Chicago Bulls with new coach Billy Donovan. Thank for, you. For yes. some reason, I just feel like they're going to be, they're not going to be great, but I think they're going to be better than some people get them credit for. I, and I think they're going to be you know, a frisky team all season, and I think they're going to get into the play-in tournament. And they've got like hella talent there, man. I mean, we look at Zach Levine and just how much work he's put in and becoming a better shooter. He is lights out now. He is lights out from deep. Um, and he's, he, you know, he still has like some of that athleticism that that he lost before that that you know terrible injury. But I'm looking at Kobe White. I'm looking at Wendell Carter. I don't know. If we haven't Wendell Carter yet because I I feel like I'm waiting for this guy to get unlocked. I'm looking. I'm looking at Lowry Markinen. Somebody who's who's really struggled under Jim Boylan because he's essentially made him a stretch, you know, a stretch four. I think Billy's going to really unlock him. Um, he that team. It, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I think that they're going to be a lot better. Uh, I think that the the culture there is going to be a lot better. We know what 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 Bill and Do- Billy Donovan does. Um, he gets the best out of his players. We know that um, he's. He's one hell of a he's one hell of a coach, and that team, I I don't know about you. I, I'm a little bit interested to see what uh, Otto Porter has too in the tank if he can stay healthy. Yes, um, I, I know that people think that he's stealing money, but this is what happens when you you know you play your ass off in Washington. You earn a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very similar to Tobias Harris, uh, except Tobias doesn't have you know injury history. But I think that that Otto could bring something to the table too. So. You know, consider me optimistic about uh, the Windy City this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do. I do want to see what what they're capable of. I, I think that the 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 pick with Patrick Williams, a, a lot of people were salty about, but I think they're starting to see in the preseason. That's another person we didn't mention. Uh, that kid's got some game. Kid's got some game about him, and I know he didn't start a single game. Uh, in college, actually, the the nugget was that Patrick Williams started a preseason game. It was the first game he started since high school. So, let's see what this kid's all about. Okay, I just think when I look at the Bulls and with that talent and just kind of having a new voice leading them, I mean, I I don't expect them to be a playoff a lot, but I think they're going to be a team that are going to be frisky. I think they could be in that playing tournament. I think they're going to be a team that. You can't take for granted on a night-to-night basis. You better be ready because I think the Bulls are going to play hard, you know. And they've they've got some guys there. They're they're going to make it tough. I mean, they're I mean they're they're not going to be a 500 team, most likely, but they're going to make it tough on you. And I th- I think they'll be there for the play-in on the East. I mean, the Magic are the team. I think we both are a little bit more down on. And I'm down on them for sure. I I, I, just, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I do like, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, if you want a bright spot, Cole Anthony's looked great so far. 
He has, uh, but I mean, I think I think Markell's, you know, had some marked improvement. Missing Jonathan Isaac's going to be the killer there. Yes, just 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 that injury that happened in the bubble, unfortunately. Um, Mo Bamba's that's still be a killer. mess. I mean, they Bamba has not panned out. I don't think he's ever going to pan out. Um, Aaron Gordon, I still think they're trying to figure out what kind of player he is. Um, Which I, in I was a little surprised he didn't five, get moved. I mean, good. Gordon and Fournier seem like guys that are primed to be picked during the season to uh, contenders. You know, we're not giving any love to Vooch, though. Vooch is one of the, you know, I feel like, again, one of the most underappreciated players in the league. He um, is, but I, I would love to see Vooch play with a top-notch point guard. I would love okay. to see that. Well, let's see. Let's see if uh, Markel Fultz can turn on one of those. Mm. Or, or let's see. Let's see if Cole Anthony can turn in one of those. Mm. I did like the pickup of Dwayne Bacon. I'll give him that. I like Bacon a lot. Um, it's not like a, you know, a franchise shifting move, but I think uh, one of those moves on the edges that can make you better. And he's been starting for him in the preseason. Uh, Bacon coming from from Charlotte, of course. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I just don't see it with them. Yeah, they could get in the play-in tournament. I'm not. I'm not you know, saying they're not going to get in the play-in tournament, but I, I just don't think that they're going to be that good. Yeah, I don't and, you know as harsh as that sounds. And I know we don't want to break down the Knicks, but as we wrap up here, Emmanuel, you, quickly, baby. Uh, I was gonna say, do you want do you want to spend twenty seconds on your Cleveland Cavaliers? Uh, I'll tell you what. You know, everyone's going to look at that last preseason game where they got absolutely mauled, um, but. They won two games against the Pacers. Isaac Okoro uh, in three out of four preseason games looked excellent, looked ready, not afraid of the moment. Colin Sexton did not look great in his preseason debut, which was in that blowout game I just mentioned. Uh, but he's definitely, we know what he's capable of. Uh, they call him Young Bull for, no, for, for a reason. I, I think that Andre Drummond is going to work himself into one hell of a season. It's a contract year for him. Uh, Chancey gets moved at the deadline, absolutely, especially if a team's looking for an impact player. I, I think that there's a lot of wing talent for the Cavs now, which is a, something that you know Cleveland fans have been begging for for the last like three years. Uh, there's a logjam at that position now, which is good, which is good for them. That means uh, they'll have to make decisions on the rotation. Uh, they have to stay healthy. That's pretty much you know my my stance on that. Dante Exum. Uh, had one hell of a preseason, but we all know what his injury history is. Obviously, Kevin Love, he's going to, you know, sit every other game probably just because he's a veteran and he's someone who's, you know, in, in uh, history with with back problems. Uh, you know, Darius Garland, is he going to make that leap where he's not turning the ball over more than he's assisting? And he is actively trying to be, a, you know, a better playmaker. And he did get stronger and looks a lot better, uh, you know, stature wise. but. I don't know. We'll see how he adjusts uh, when teams are, you know, trying to put pressure on him. Uh, the, the jumper did look a lot better, by the way, uh, than it did last season. And he was uh, apparently a star of the bubble. Uh, they're they're uh, in region bubble, I should say. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Kevin Porter Jr. Other than, uh, you know, he's going, he's got his, uh, you know, uh, team discipline going on. Uh, obviously had some off the court things going on, but I do think that they, you know, fully believe in him and will wrap around him and, uh, you know, be okay. That whole thing. Um, that's a lot more than 20 seconds. Okay. I'm just, yeah, no, I just tried to fit all of it in. And I didn't mention that Jetty Osmond looked great. Jetty Osmond looked great. 
uh, looking like someone who knows that his job is on the line. As a Cleveland uh, guy, so. I just figured that you should anyone any any of your homies back there. You get All right. All right, Fritzy, you can you can wrap it up with the Lakers because I know you want to talk Lakers. Do we really need to? I, Maybe this will be our segment to end every 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 oh, show. Is just we, I talk about the Cavs real quick. You talk about the Lakers. <laughs> I mean, I I'm gonna say this about the Lakers. I mean, I I think they obviously are the favorite for a good reason. I mean, Anthony Davis hitting six threes the other night had to terrify the other the, the league. Going good okay. God, I know this guy can shoot, but that's ridiculous. Okay, I I. I think some people are thinking that the Lakers are going to ease into the season and KCP is like, hell no, we're not. We know we got a target on our backs. We're going to come out guns blazing. Um, I think the things to look at on that team are what's going to end up being their starting lineup. What's going to end up being their final or their, their, their crunch time lineup, because I don't know if Schroeder is going to be there. Maybe it will, depending on the matchups. And also to look at Marcus. So I think, in a perfect world, the Lakers would love to have one more big guy because you know they lost JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. And say what you will, but they both ate up minutes and both guys were energy guys. And they don't really have that now. It's a different uh, lineup because Montrezl Harrell is a much smaller center, you know, and he is an energy guy, but he's playing that a little bit different than those guys. So maybe that's something that they want to look at. But regardless, you look at what the Lakers had in the offseason and on top of that, they locked up AD to a max contract and they locked up LeBron for a couple more years. And when you've got those two guys, you're going to be contenders and they deserve to be the favorites. All right, Fritzy, that's a good job of wrapping this up. And I'm going to take us home right here. That was keeping it 94, our debut episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Can't wait to talk to you till next time. We'll be dropping these probably each week. So make sure you stay tuned in to basketballnews.com for all of our new episodes and the rest of our podcast network. Don't forget to subscribe to Keeping It 94 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And once again, make sure to check out basketballnews.com for the latest on the NBA. 